It's time for The Bright Side, a coaching radio show for changemakers, the organizations and positive leaders creating positive change in the world while simultaneously caring for their people. The Bright Side is sponsored by P-Link Leadership. P-Link Leadership believes in a world where positive leadership is the norm and individuals and the organizations they power are a force for positive change. And now as your host, Alexis Robin, co-founder of P-Link Leadership, I'm here to bring you your 10 minutes of insight, theory, and actionable tips to support you on your journey to becoming the best version of yourself. Hi, and welcome to The Bright Side. This is Alexis Robin, and today I want to share with you some courage practices. Um, Just got back from New York and did a Women's Leadership Day for Facebook, and uh, they wanted to create a courage practice uh, talk. And so Cindy Jackson, my fellow P-Link coach, and I went out there and talked on the seven practices to create space for courage to grow. And so I want to take you through a couple of them today um, and share them with you. And then we'll go through a couple more in the next coming weeks. But the, um, the first practice for courage to grow and really what we're talking about here is how do you create an environment, a culture, um, an arena, if you will, as Brene Brown calls it, where courage has the space to grow and proliferate, where people are able to grow their own courage and be more brave and where um, individuals feel safe to be courageous. And we talk about this kind of environment um, through the lens of something that Amy Edmondson talks about in her book, Teaming, called psychological safety, which basically means that people feel comfortable um, bringing things up, sharing ideas, and uh, being courageous and vulnerable uh, in their organizations. So our job was to really come up with practices, leverage what we know about courage and what it takes to be be brave in the workplace um, and at home. And, um, and so what we came up with for the first two were the first one, make generous assumptions. And if you've listened to the show, you've definitely heard me talk about making generous assumptions before, but it's really this idea that we are, um, acting in a vulnerable way in the pursuit of courage and that we're judging ourselves on our intentions and we're judging others on their actions. And when we judge others on their actions, that we apply the most generous assumption or the most generous intention that we can to the other person's actions. So because we have a negativity bias, which means our brain is like Velcro for negativity and Teflon for positivity, we often, um, we'll get ourselves in a situation where something happens and we get a little bit of data. We have some of the facts, some of the context, but not all of it. And we, um, jump into a conclusion and it's not always a positive one. Sometimes it can be a negative one because of the way that our negativity bias works. And, um, And that's a slippery slope when you are working in an environment and when you're able to make generous assumptions about your colleagues, about the peers that you're working on projects with, your direct reports and their actions, then people feel more comfortable going out on a limb. So we talked about a story in uh, the workbook that we created for this speaking event for Facebook. And we talked about a gal that walks by her friend's office or her colleague's office and she sighs loudly right as she walks by and she kind of looks at her and then sighs loudly and the gal sitting in the office 
wonders what that was all about and then jumps to the conclusion that maybe she's done something to upset the other person. And so she gets starts thinking about it and worrying about it and become, begins to feel defensive um, and thinks about how she might confront this gal about sighing in front of her office and, and what possibly could be going on. Meanwhile, the gal who walked by and sighed loudly um, rushed back to her office and immediately jumps on the phone because as she walks past the other gal's office and looked in, she realized that she had forgotten to make a reservation for her birthday lunch, which was that very same day. And so she was sighing because she was mad at herself and she was worried about what might happen. So it's easy for us to quickly jump to a conclusion about what's going on in certain circumstances and um, and then start taking action based on thoughts that we only know we only have um, halfway. So um, so as you practice this, thinking about making generous assumptions, certainly um, one of the easiest ways to practice this is when you're driving in the car or when you're in a busy place um, and somebody cuts you off or someone steps in front of you in line or takes your spot in line at the deli or what have you. Um, is to try to make generous assumptions there. Like, what might be going on for that person? Or if you see something that's kind of unsavory behavior, you know, I wonder what's the most generous assumption we can make about what's going on. And then certainly in the office, you'd want to practice it with colleagues. When someone does something that upsets you or someone lets you down, doesn't come through on a project, um, before jumping to that negative conclusion, see if you can't test out um, your theory and jump to a more positive solution or conclusion. So Renee Siebert, one of our um, coaches at P-Link and the Master Equus coach on our team, she, um, she likes to ask people when they come with a negative assumption, she says, well, that's an interesting theory. What else might, what's another theory we might consider as a way to practice making generous assumptions? So that was our first of the seven um, practices to create courage to grow. And really that just creates space for people to feel safe um, and knowing that people are making positive assumptions about, about what's going on with them. The second practice was comes straight um, from Brene Brown's work as well. A lot of these courage practices are based on Brene Brown's work. Um, and as you know, most of our facilitator or our coaches are certified Daring Way facilitators and soon to be Dare to Lead facilitators, an exciting new um, program that's coming out from Brene's group. And this one's about empathizing, not sympathizing. And so um, it takes courage to empathize because we have to hold the space for the person we're listening to, uh, as well as call on a time when we experienced a similar emotion. So let's just take a, a quick definition on the difference between, or a quick look at the difference between empathy and sympathy. Empathy is really when you are making an authentic connection with somebody and you are digging deep into your own history to think about a time when you uh, felt a certain way um, that the, similar to what they're feeling. So you felt a shared emotion. So somebody comes to you and they're disappointed. Um, you may not have had the same experience they have, but you've certainly most likely felt disappointed in your life. And so that prepares you to empathize. Um, and it sounds like this. It sounds like, oh, you're feeling disappointed about not getting that promotion. I've felt that kind of disappointment before. You're not alone. And it just really holds the space and it creates space for connection. 
Um, sympathy, on the other hand, is really when we're feeling sorry for somebody, but we're feeling really glad that it's them, not us. So it sounds more like, oh, that's so sad you didn't get promoted. I feel so sorry for you. You poor thing. Um, really kind of disconnecting behavior and uh, doesn't make somebody feel supported. In fact, it can also increase shame. It can in- increase feelings of um, vulnerability and And so when we empathize, we really create space for courage to grow in someone else because they feel understood and supported. It also allows us to take the attention off yourself and be present for someone else, which can be an act of courage in itself. And then it deepens relations when the empathy is genuine and it can help to build shame resiliency. So when when somebody else comes to you or when you go to someone and they empathize, um, it definitely creates space for courage to grow. So um, when someone shares a difficult situation with you and you want to practice empathy, you can practice staying out of judgment. So rather than thinking like, oh, that's so sad or gosh, how did that happen? They shouldn't have done this. Just stay out of judgment. Um, Also take the person's perspective. Put yourself in their shoes. Imagine what it would feel like if that was happening to you identify the emotion that you're hearing. So if you're, are you hearing sadness? Are you hearing self-doubt? Are you hearing anger, frustration, anxiety? Um, maybe even joy because you can empathize on happy things too. Um, but just try to identify what you're hearing. And you can do this by just simply saying, I'm sensing you're disappointed or I'm sensing that you're feeling frustrated about this situation. And then that helps the person to feel heard. And communicate your understanding of that emotion, just like we showed you in the first example of, you know, I've also felt disappointment or I've also felt grief before. And um, and I know what that's like. You're not alone. It creates a space for common humanity where people realize they're not alone in this world. So those are um, two of our practices to create courage to grow. Uh, empathize, don't sympathize, and make generous assumptions. Tune in next week for another couple of these um, ideas. Next week we are going to be talking about uh, sharing your own light and demystifying things before it's needed. Thanks so much and have a great week.